Welcome to EHS on Tap. I'm your host, Jay Kumar, Editor-in-Chief of EHS Daily Advisor. This week, I talked to Todd Schultz, Chief Administrative Officer for the State of Nevada Safety Consultation and Training Section about Nevada's efforts to help businesses improve workplace safety. And now, on to the interview. I'm joined today by Todd Schultz, Chief Administrative Officer for the State of Nevada Safety Consultation and Training Section. Welcome to the show, Todd. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, thanks for doing it. Um, before we get talking about uh, worksite safety, I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about yourself and SCATS. Yeah, absolutely. So again, my name is Todd Schultz. Um, I'm with the State of Nevada Safety Consultation and Training Section, or SCATS. Uh, we are the OSHA consultation program, on-site consultation program for the state of Nevada. So every state and territory has a consultation program across the country, and we are the, uh, the program here in Nevada. Uh, so what we do in SCATS is we help employers uh, come in compliance and go beyond by partnering with them and helping them with their safety and health program and management systems. We do that by doing what we call an on-site consultation visit. And a consultation visit uh, is a request by an employer, first of all. Uh, there's two sides to OSHA. There's the OSHA enforcement section and there's the OSHA on-site consultation section. Uh, on-site consultation only works with an employer when they request, at their request. Uh, everything we do is, is free of charge. Uh, it's paid for by federal grants and state funds. And when an employer needs help, they can request a consultation visit and we'll go out and we'll assist that employer and help them uh, by identifying safety and health hazards and helping them develop their safety and health uh, written program, if you will. Um, and uh, are, are you seeing more businesses participating uh, in these consultations? Yeah, so last year in Nevada, we did 735 on-site consultation visits. Uh, we certainly, like, well, across the country, there was a lull everywhere when, when we went through the COVID. Uh, right, COVID right. Uh, but coming out of that, we've recovered pretty well. Consultation programs across, across the country have recovered pretty well. Um, last year, uh, there were there were a lot of visits done uh, and, and really getting back back on track back to pre COVID levels, if you will. Uh, I, I believe there were over uh, 7000 visits done uh, just in the manufacturing sector across the country, over 6000 consultation visits done uh, in the construction sector. So um, of which uh, in manufacturing, we did 62 visits in Nevada and 289 in construction. So. So what do businesses need to know about stepping up their worksite safety? Like when you when you go on site, you know, what are some of the things you're you're looking for? Sure. So I think the first thing to know is proact being proactive is always better than being reactive. Uh, being ahead of the curve and preparing and implementing safety protocols and procedures ahead of, of an incident or accident. Um, the second thing is, you know, the investment, it pays for itself. It pays uh, for itself by uh, less workplace injuries, less workers' compensation costs, um, and also by uh, increasing productivity. Because when you have incidents or accidents, your productivity goes down because everything stops. Uh, so, you know, the, the goal of consultation and, and I think the goal of, of businesses and implementing safety programs is so that every employee goes home at the end of the day, the same way they came in, right? 
So on-site consultation programs, the, what the, the need to know in stepping up their workplace safety is, you know, the on-site consultation, SCATs in Nevada, we're here to help. You know, what can you do? How, how can you get, get things rolling? The best way is through developing and implementing a safety and health management system. And, and that's a, a detailed program that, that starts with, you know, manage, management leadership. And the start of every safety program is getting top management uh, to commit to continuous improvement in the safety and safety and health and communicate that that commitment to workers. Right. Um, so that's the that's the key starting point. Uh, the second part of, of of really getting and going above and beyond and implementing safety and health is getting employee involvement and worker participation within that safety management system. Uh, just like if you don't have top management and your your management commitment to, to safety, it'll fail. If you don't get the worker buy-in and that employee participation, your safety program will crumble, right? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that's the second part of that. From there, you know, in integrating those workers into the program through say a, a robust safety and health training program. And then ultimately you get everybody involved through hazard prevention and control, right? And you have your workers identifying things involved in incident investigations uh, and, and really part of that, that complete system, if you will. I imagine, you know, since they've you know asked you to come out for the consultative visit, that there's some willingness to listen to, you know, what you have to say and to do what you, you know, what you recommend, as opposed to, you know, maybe if a company gets a visit from OSHA, you know, uh, after there's some sort of an incident, then they might be a little more defensive. It seems like, you know, this would be more of a, you know, we're, we want to improve, you know, please help us kind of thing. It It is. Oftentimes it is. It's it's an employer that says they want to be proactive. They want to, to improve their safety program. And so when we when we go out, they are their partners and they want they want to know uh, best practices. They want to know what we see. And, you know, we always say it's better to get another set of eyes, you know, mm -hmm. and another perspective in your facility. When you work in a facility, it's easy to walk by things every day. And it just becomes the norm and you don't notice it. Bringing in a safety and health consultant, uh, they can help identify some of those things that have just become common. And maybe you just walk by and you haven't realized, you know, this is an issue. Um, in addition to that, though, we do do a quite a bit of work with companies that have been uh visited by OSHA enforcement. One of the things that OSHA enforcement will bring up uh, at the end of their process, the enforcement activity is that on-site consultation, you know, is here and they can help you. So oftentimes we will go out following a, an OSHA visit. Uh, unfortunately, we, we like to say in on-site consultation, we're the best kept secret in OSHA, but we don't want to be the best kept secret right, right. Uh, because all these companies that are small employers that are visited by OSHA, and then find out, you know, you could have had a, a consultant come out, help you with a lot of these things, and it would have prevented these costly citations. And more importantly, potentially prevented employee injuries, right? Uh, because that's really what it's about. It's, it's not about the eliminating citations as much as it is keeping employees safe. They find it, unfortunately, they oftentimes they find out about it after the fact. Yeah, and yeah. In, in many cases, that's it's 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 too late at that point. Uh, but it's never too late to start. 
And uh, yeah. we're always willing to jump in and partner with employers and help them succeed, improve their safety programs wherever they're at. If they have nothing, we have templates. We'll, we'll help them get started with developing that program. If they already have a program in place, uh, we can we can take what they have and review it and give uh, recommendations for improvement. Why is it important to go above and beyond OSHA compliance? Well, that that is a that's a good question, and I'm sure many have heard. But OSHA compliance is the deem highness of of safety. Um, <laughs> it's it's the bare minimum. Yeah. And uh, if all you're doing is complying with the OSHA standards, you are you're D minus. And as we know, you know most employers, you know safety and productivity really go hand in hand. And if you're going to excel, if you're going to if you're going to strive for for excellence, you have to you have to to work through the safety programs and procedures, and really implement a successful safety program, right? Um, D D minus won't won't get you real far. So um, <laughs> it's the minimum. That's like does that surprise some folks when you tell them that that they really need to be doing a lot more than just meeting the standards? You know, honestly, I, yeah, I, I think it does because for, for, for many organizations, I think they start at what I got to do to be compliant, what I have to do to not get cited by OSHA. What will OSHA cite me for? You know, these are, these are questions that, that we get. Uh, it's not until you, you really get that full buy-in uh, from the top down that, safety becomes a priority and one of the ways that we we do that in consultation is is a program called the safety and health achievement recognition program or sharp and sharp is a program that's offered by consultation programs across the country and sharp is really an elite group of employers though because sharp is a is is a status and a, and a, a certification that an employer gets when they've really gone above and beyond and they've worked with consultation on a ongoing basis the consultation program will go out and validate that their program is is a top-notch safety and health program and that they have a a top tier safety and health management system, we will actually evaluate their whole program by using the safety and health management system assessment form. It's called the form 33. And we'll go through and actually score the attributes of their system. There's 58 questions in that assessment. And uh, SHARP is, is, is really the, if, if, a, if an organization is interested in going above and beyond, uh, the SHARP program is a, is a way and a partnership that you can partner with their onsite consultation program or SCADS and really move, move that needle to the next level. Um, currently uh, in Nevada, we only have 38 SHARP facilities. That's both mm -hmm. pre-SHARP and full SHARP. And um, across the country, like I said, it's an, it's an elite group. Across the country, I believe right now, there's just over a thousand SHARP facilities. Uh, so it's it is really an elite group of of small employers that have uh, put in the commitment and and are dedicated to improving safety and health, and you know they they see the benefits of it and and when we've worked with some sharp facilities that have come back and and told us that they've saved 
in, in one case, we had an employer that had said they'd saved over $2 million in wa- workers' compensation costs. Wow. And this was more of a medium-sized business. Um, it was a casino operator here in Las Vegas. Uh, but it can be significant. And once you once you implement a, a, a successful program and you start seeing those results, uh, that's when the top management really notices sometimes and says, wow, this this does make a difference. And this helps with productivity as well as it's saving all the lost time, lost time injuries and, and everything that gets wrapped up into that. Yeah. And, that, you know, that kind of, uh, you know, comes up when you when you talk to folks about getting that, you know, leader leadership buy in, um, you know, trying to explain the, you know, you don't have like you're not bringing in revenue, but you're preventing lost revenue. And I think getting that across sometimes is difficult for some uh, some folks. It it is uh, because you have to you have to demonstrate that yeah, it's not about bringing in revenue. It's about about saving lost time. Um, there's a tool that OSHA has called Safety Pays that's on the OSHA.gov website, and oftentimes we'll work through that uh, with employers and and show them the direct costs. They have a, a calculator in there that'll show you know the direct cost of injury and then also the indirect costs. And what a lot of businesses sometimes don't realize is it's not just about the direct cost of the injury. There's a lot of indirect costs. There's the when when an employee go, goes out and has a lost time injury. There's the the cost of replacing that employee and training a new employee and all of those things, a lot of indirect costs uh, that, that come into play. Um, and, and getting back to the SHARP program, is it is the no- reason the number of SHARP facilities is so low, is it because it's difficult or is it because folks just don't know about it or haven't been willing to kind of put in the time to achieve that? I would say it's probably probably a combination of both. Um, the Sharp program is is not a is not an easy program. It's uh, it's it's uh, I don't I don't know if you're familiar with the voluntary protection program. Yeah. But yep. it is familiar. It is is it is uh, similar to VPP. Um, in Nevada, we actually also administer and manage the voluntary protection program. So I do I do both in in Nevada SCATS, Sharp and VPP. And the reason that cooperative programs are a fairly small number are are both because it's a difficult program. But the second part, though, I would say is that that employers don't know know about it. Yeah. Uh, both cooperative programs and our onsite consultation visits. Once an employer has us come out and works with us, has us come out and, and do an on-site visit, walk through their facility, help them identify hazards, help them come up with with recommendations for correction. Uh, oftentimes, we get actually repeat business from that. Mm-hmm. So a, a year or two later, they'll invite us have us come out again uh, because they realize the benefit of having that other set of eyes. The fact that there is no out-of-pocket cost to have us come out and do the right. visit other than the, the cost of correcting things we find, of course. Uh, but other than that, it's, it's it's free help. It's another set of eyes uh, from a safety professional that can that help a business succeed. So, yeah. And the repeat visit, I suppose, could be some provide validation that you're on the right track too, right? It does because, uh, you know, what we do as part of the visits, of course, we always take a look at the OSHA logs, the injury and illness data. So we like to see progress and that that's what it is. It's about a co- it's about cooperation and partnership where we are continuing to build upon 
you know, where we left off. Uh, an example of that here in, in Las Vegas is construction has been booming for a long time. There are construction contractors that we'll work with on, on sites and we'll go from project to project and they'll invite us out to walk the site. Uh, that helps reach small, small contractors or smaller employers that are on their sites as well. And through that, what we see though is continuous improvement. And, and ultimately that's the key and that's, that's really the goal of consultation to help small employers and medium employers with continuous improvement, continually improving upon and building upon their safety programs to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some safety areas that you see companies struggling with these days? Well, the the, the big one, which it's it's not going to come to much surprise, is is what OSHA publishes every year. You know, every year they <laughs> they come out with their top, you know, their their top list of of items cited. You know, fall protection is yeah. always up at the top. Hazard communication. Um, more recently, with the update several years ago with walking working surfaces, we're still seeing a lot of that with implementation, uh, specifically like on rooftops uh, where the guarding requirements have changed and they need additional guardrails on rooftops. Uh, but for the most part, you know, the areas that 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 uh, organizations struggle with are 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 going to be listed in that top, you know, so respiratory scaffolding, lockout tagouts, always big powered industrial trucks. You know, those are always going to be the areas where uh, we're going to lean heavy into and and help employers uh, with those with those areas and try to make sure that they have everything in line and in place. Um, And, you know, it starts with with with, like I said, getting that that management system or safety program in place in Nevada. We have have a specific safety program requirement when you have 11 or more employees, you're required to have a written safety program. Mm -hmm. And and so, of course, we review that and we'll look at their written program and make sure that they're addressing those those areas of concern. I imagine heat stress is probably a big issue in Nevada as well, right? Heat heat stress continues to be a, a uh, an issue. Now, it's not anything that's new to Nevada. Right. Um, it's certainly uh, been more on the radar recently uh, nationally with the national NEP for heat. Uh, we uh, in Nevada SCATS have done a lot with heat heat stress. We actually have a class on on uh, heat illness awareness that we offer uh, free of charge. Um, all of our classes are are offered both in person and online, and uh, they're free. Anybody across the country can can log into our our website uh, forsafenv.state.nv.us and register for these classes. But heat illness is uh, is something that continues needs to be a, a, uh, a hot topic. <laughs> um, yeah, no, no pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> no pun intended, right? <laughs> but, it, you know, it's something that is still in, in, in the works here in Nevada. I know nationally they're working, you know, to, to look at regulation for heat stress. But Nevada is also still, uh, that's still in process. And um, currently right now in Nevada, when there's heat stress issues, uh, the general duty clause is used, but um, down the road, hopefully, hopefully we'll see some some more specific guidance and guidelines that'll make it e- easier for employers to implement. Right. Um, but heat here, you know, it's not it's not uncommon during the summer to see uh, 100 degree, 105 degree days for for a long stretch, sometimes higher than that um, in the summer. And um, 
You got to have that awareness and employers have to address it. It's already an expectation. Like I mentioned, the safety program, it's an expectation and requirement that an employer, if, if, uh, if they have, uh, heat as a hazard, an identified hazard, that they recognize that in their safety program and that they outline what they're doing to address heat stress and heat illness uh, and address that that recognized hazard. Are, are companies getting better about, you know, recognizing that hazard and, and taking those steps that they need to take to protect their workers from heat? They, they do, they, especially in construction, they, I think they do, they do a good job with, uh, with uh, keeping a close eye, work schedule changes. You know, oftentimes out here in the summer, the construction trades will shift their, their work shift, right? They'll be earlier in the day and before the hottest part of the day, the shift will end. Uh, there's definitely been a heightened level of awareness with heat because it's in the news, uh, you know, like last summer comment several times a week, a lot of safety blasts going out surrounding heat illness. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's even more awareness, I would say, indoors. And oftentimes, a lot of the OSHA complaints that come in are indoor heat-related illness complaints in uh, in the restaurant sector, in the warehousing, right. you know, warehouse right. sector. Uh, so overall, the outdoors, they seem to handle it pretty well. Uh, workers are are fairly well acclimated to it, and they have a lot of those uh, things in place. Uh, the rest works. Uh, cycles where they break, water, rest, shade, you know, all those things. Excellent. Um, so we, I guess, you know, as, you know, you kind of continue on uh, and you're, you know, you said you're kind of uh, the number of consultations is going up. Do you see that just as, you know, more awareness uh, among Nevada businesses that, you know, they can, they can take advantage of this free resource and, and you know, really improve their safety? I think the numbers could continue to go up, certainly go up nationally. Uh, There's uh, a good directory on oshcon.us of all the consultation programs across the country. the number of consultation visits nationally is still a little bit below where it was pre-COVID. We've recovered in Nevada uh, with with the visits we had last year. But um, there's still room to grow, and as businesses find out about consultation services and that we're here to help, we're here to help them improve their safety programs, there's certainly room to grow. There's certainly a lot of room to grow in the SHARP program and the cooperative program side of things. Uh, it takes a, a, an enormous amount of commitment from an employer, but I think the benefits certainly outweigh the the investment and, and the uh uh, the return on investment for for a company that implements an ef- effective safety program uh, it benefits the, the the productivity of the company, but it also benefits the employees in, in being able to go to a safe and healthy work workplace every day and uh, a better work environment overall. And as you mentioned earlier, a really a uh, key thing for smaller and medium-sized businesses to take advantage of just because of the, you know, the fact that it's free and, and you know, why wouldn't you take advantage of that, you know, getting that kind of help? You know, that that's exactly right. The, the benefit to a small business or a medium-sized business that honestly doesn't have a, a full-time safety uh, position or professional on their staff, uh, you, you can't 
you can't quantify it because oftentimes with small businesses, it's just another hat that uh, the the HR person or for foreman on the shop floor is given, <laughs> you know, they're given the hat, you're in charge of safety. Um, and, and so to have, to, to, to have the, the consultation program uh, as an ally and as a partner for a small or medium sized business, like I said, you can't, you can't even really put a quantify how, how much impact that can have for a small business. You can't expect a, a an HR manager or a shop foreman or a supervisor that's handed safety to know all the regulations, to know right. all the requirements, to even know those D minus OSHA requirements, um, let alone know what steps they need to take to to build and implement a safety program that is a top tier safety program that that uh, will will help with with the production side of things and, and, and increase productivity as well as uh, reducing uh, injury and illness costs and workers' compensation costs and lost day injuries. So yeah, the, for small and medium businesses, uh, this is the this is the best kept secret in OSHA that should not be a secret <laughs> anymore. Yeah, yeah, it seems like a no brainer. Todd. Thank you so much for uh, explaining the ins and outs of, uh, of SCATS. Uh, keep up the good work and uh, well, thank you. Well, Jay, thank you. I, I appreciate the opportunity and um, I, uh, I encourage everyone if they have more questions to go go to the website, oshkan.us or uh, our website, forsafenv.state.nv.us. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. That wraps up episode 189 of EHS on Tap. You can find more information about the show and listen to on-demand episodes at ehsdailyadvisor.blr.com. You can subscribe to the show wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for listening, and I hope you join me next time.